Hello again. It's the Account Experience Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Camilla Shelton. Hello. Camilla, we have such an exciting thing coming up today. You know, the way that most of the podcasts you hear, they've got consultants or analysts talking about the whole CX experience. Yeah. Well, today we've got a real insider. I know. Someone who really drives the program. I think it's a world-class program. Yeah. I'm really excited to hear about this. I'm also very, very grateful that he uh, he, uh, joins us um, because he he really is sort of a power behind the throne um, voice uh really instrumental to to making a program very successful yeah. so i think there's a lot of really great um experience and tips and tricks that we can learn from we've seen uh, marcus, marcus on stage before he was the star one of the stars of our monetize event in amsterdam yeah um and and that was two years ago so already the uh the program has matured since yeah. then yeah. i'm really excited about it I think he's secretly also proud. I think so. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'll just tell you, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the uh, Marcus's um, job title. He's the vice president of what they call the CDO, which is the customer development organization within yeah. DHL supply chain. Yeah. And, and, you know, the yellow vans that we see around. Well, this is the, the you know, the, the, the whole supply logistics B2B part of their business. So. Yeah. And it's big. It's like $12 billion, so it's huge. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to find out how they manage this with their customers. Me too. Let's go find out. Okay. Welcome, Marcus. Thanks for joining the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. Camilla, thank you, Adam, and really happy to be here. Hi. Hey, so um, rather than me tell everybody about DHL Supply, mm-hmm. maybe you can tell us a little bit about the company and, and tell us about your role in it. Yes, sure. Um, so DHL Supply Chain is one of the divisions of DHL, I think mostly known for the parcel business. But DHL Supply Chain is actually the largest contract logistics provider in the world. So uh, we manage uh, in over 50 countries, 1,500 locations for our customers. It's B2B business. Um, and this ranges from procurement service to completely for PL outsourcing of your logistics supply chain. So, Marcus, I think um, we, we've known each other for some time. Uh, but for the audience, it would be great to share sort of like the journey to where you got to here. Could you could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, sure. Um so actually, I started as a consultant at DHL, who was running an, an internal management consultancy. Um, from this, I moved into one of the divisions, obviously into DHL supply chain, and always was in the area of sales efficiency um, and, and sales operations. And in this function, we actually already uh, run a survey, a customer survey, which was not the most agile one. And actually, it was where my predecessors who, who started then the customer experience management program, which means we switched from a, a survey which was taking place every second year to a quarterly survey. And uh, I think kudos goes to my predecessors. When I was then leading the team, um, I think we we continued the great work and we made it grow and for 
professionalize, digitalize it further year over year um, and could really see it grow and be more successful. Yeah, that's, that's I think, what won you an award. So you can say you have been very successful. Well, that, that's, that's astonishing. I mean, yeah. I just want to draw down that. So first of all, you went from doing it every two years to eight times as frequently to once every quarter. I mean, how does something like that impact you, the, the business internally, and then also the customers? I think it was time for a change. And I think this was listening to the customers and, and because we were just too slow. Uh, we, we, we got the first responses in and then after three months, we would go back um, and, and had a lot of paper to work with. And I have to admit that, I mean, uh, during my whole time at DHL or my professional life, I've never seen something with such a tremendous change in a in a in a culture and in a business. Probably through the agility we created, but also through the transparency we created. So our survey is non-anonymous, um, and we can follow up, and we do follow up with each and every one, um, which is then, yeah, I guess the big, big secret of the whole attention and the cornerstone it is right now in the business within the last five years. Okay, I really want to pick this apart a bit more. You know what a detail freak I am. So you're you're surveying multiple people in each account. So how many people, how do you pick them? Can you can you tell us, really dive into the nuts and bolts of the program? Yeah, sure. Um, we, I mean, how do we pick them? We really have a button-up approach. Uh, it's a little bit bottom up, top down. So we, we do have coordinators in all of our countries. We have them on regional level. Obviously, we have them on, on global level, which is then basically the global team, my team. And um, we nominate them. Uh, kind of everybody can nominate them. We have a few review cycles through it. Yeah. But we're really knowing kind of because people in the business know who, who to ask best in the end. Yeah? Yeah. And um, when we nominate them, we always assign also follow-up owner to them. So every uh, one of our nominations has a dedicated DHL person behind who probably works closest with, with our customers yeah? uh, or with the specific contact. And this is all what we maintain digitally yeah? with, with our um, tech suite in, in, uh, as a backbone. Um, Cross-check, validate, and then every quarter this goes on and I would say every quarter, I mean, we are still not at the end, I would say, but we see that every quarter we add around net 200 to 300 new contacts on our survey. Wow. So it's growing as well. It is growing. It is and growing. so they get nominated from the from the sales or the, the frontline teams across? It can be a complete mixture. We, we, we do not make a difference who can nominate. I mean, we, we usually know who's nominating. Yes, we have some central people, as I said, in the co coordinators in the countries who probably do bulk of the work, but we, we do not limit it to anyone. Yeah? Um, but we, we kind of control, again, the list yeah, who's on it. But I love that. That makes it also very inclusive. So that probably also helps with the kind of... Um, the adoption in the organization because people are all responsible for bringing forward who can be uh, serving. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I guess it's a little bit, I mean, this is probably where we have a little bit the advantage that we had a survey in the previous year and we were known. So the survey was not new. And I think the 
the the the concept of having a follow-up owner of of getting high response rate this was all kind of already there also the way of nomination we just made it more agile yeah? and and switched that and i think in the combination with the transparency is just a huge success i i think all these are linked together because um I mean, for, for me, you've got, there are two phenomenal statistics that come out of your program. Uh, number one is that you have this incredibly high response rate in contacts in the region of 60%, yeah. which, you know, is world class. And then yeah. you've got this 100% follow up of detractors mm -hmm. within 48 hours. I, I think there's some magic about the two things that work together to really do it. And, and then for me, the, the, the astonishing thing is that then you're doing it every quarter. I mean, this is like a this is a, a a real machine you've built here. I think I can actually correct you on behalf of Marcus. I don't think you guys do only follow up with detractors, do you? No, we do follow up with everyone. Yeah. So when we started, we do follow up with everyone. We we set our timelines to two working days for detractors, seven for anyone else. So yeah. this is where we want to be in contact with our customer. Huh? So there you go, guys. That for the audience <laughs> out there listening, that's your new job. Okay, so, but, but, okay, so, so a, lot, a lot of the, you know, sometimes when I go into customers or, or, or a read on LinkedIn, that there's this thing called survey fatigue. And yet you are reaching out four times a year, multiple people in the organizations with a, with a phenomenally high response rate. How do you keep that machine rolling the whole time? It is some effort, yeah. So some dedication of the team, and this is, I think, where we all, yeah, already look in the nomination how we do that. I mean, we're, we're really very much caring about survey fatigue and these things. So it's not that uh, it might be that we not interview every or interview send the survey. There's no interview, but that we do not send the survey every quarter to the same person. Um, so we're very sensitive about these things. Um, But we also see that our customers appreciate it. Yeah? And once they've been onboarded, and this is also what the numbers show, that the, our customers who are onboarded on the program usually show higher loyalty scores, higher satisfaction scores than our um, newly onboarded customers, which does not mean that, of, and as I said, we are still onboarding new customers. We want more. We want to have an unbiased feedback. Um, But indeed, we see that this process is being also accepted, I think, by our customers. And they're getting used to it. And this is also what you can see in the comments, Ellie. Right. And, and so in terms of the follow-up, is that like, uh, is there anybody in your organization that does that follow-up? It could be anyone. It could be anybody. Um, we take special care about our mm -hmm. what we call low-scoring detractors, so very low numbers. Or also very positive um, um, feedback where we involve our senior management. So usually follow up by low scoring tractors should involve or should be done by by a senior manager. And um, but as we don't only want to have it uh, one sided, we also share very positive feedback of our customers with the same senior management. Yeah, I think even very senior, right? I remember. One anecdote that you you told you shared a long time ago, but it was I was wondering if your CEO is still calling customers. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it might be our CEO as well as my manager um, as well as myself. We get a daily report uh, out of customer gauge, um, and what I can say, they have been daily looked at 
Yeah, and my manager is actively involved in uh, in as the chief growth officer of of DHL supply chain. He is involved in making sure that follow up timelines are being met. Yeah, this is why we we established alerts, um, push emails, all this kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's actually amazing. It it still makes me giggle uh, that, that that happened in your organization that, you know, just out of the blue, your CEO picked up the phone and that must have unsettled quite a few people. But I also think why I mention it is because I think it's inspirational to a lot of organizations because if that's the kind of buy-in that you have, you know that what you're doing is really taken seriously, right? So it might have shaken a few people up, but it also motivates Absolutely, absolutely. No, I think we, we we live and breathe this in the company. And I said, it's, if you think about that that CXM, how we call it, customer experience management, started in 2016, um, rolled out very small, and is now it's 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 one of the cornerstones. It's one of the of the known elements internally, definitely within DHL supply chain. Yeah, where where this. This is almost a KPI like any other key KPI we have, any other metric we are looking at. Yeah. I, that's really impressive that it's just as important as yeah. all of the other business metrics that you've got. I think that that I, I think it's a real credit to what you've done with your team, Marcus, that you've that you've made this so sticky and that this is really part of the uh, the customer experience DNA you have. It's really quite quite something. Um, what can you share any tips and tricks about how to make it so sticky? Yeah, sure. There, there, there are many things, but I think starting with it is that it is not just my team. It is really, um, I said it also when, when the award ceremony, I think it's in the end, it's everybody at DHL supply chain. Yeah. But obviously the ones who are uh, actively involved and, and looking at the feedback and acting on it. Um, and then I said, we, we, made it really a cadence yeah we really made it uh part of our yeah i i also refer to it as a machine so i think it's on one side it's a machine we keep going and growing but we at dhl supply chain have also a continuous improvement mentality so we do not just keep it where it is we continuously want to make it better so also internally better for our people to use it. And um, these are then small things where can we get an alert here? Can you get a different report on it? Can we put senior management differently on it? So it's it's more and more involved in in all what we do. You know? It's great to hear about the details of the program, but, the, but uh, this is not just a nice to have in your business. There is a commercial... Uh, direct uh, commercial imperative as to why you do this um are you able to speak a little bit about how the you know what the business impact of this has been in in dhl supply chain yeah in the end in dhl supply chain as well as dpdhl group we we believe in our three bottom lines which are the the our strategy bottom lines so investment of choice uh, of choice uh provider of choice and employer of choice and i think we strongly believe that there's a virtual cycle. So if you if you're successful in the one, you will be successful in the other. Yeah. And I think with CXM, we have all the ingredients to to listen to our many of the ingredients. I would say to, 
to listen to our customers and get this right, which in the end, you know, makes our our um, results with the customer looking better. And in the end, then also make our employees uh, happier because in the end, um, it's more fun to work for a satisfied customer. Yeah? Um, so indeed, we see that when this all comes together and uh, and I know we talked uh, a few years ago about benchmarks and I think the answer we got at this time, who is ahead of 50 is a good company. Now we are around 50. Yeah. We, we've been ahead of 50 already. Um, we are striving for more and um, business is doing good right now. Now, in your um, profile, you describe yourself as being able to combine green and blue capabilities. I'm, I'm really curious as to what you mean by that. I'm not sure how familiar you are with these color types, but there are these personality tests and so on, where you you know you have blue stands for for more data driven, structure driven, yellow for being more innovative. Um, think about the company color here. Um, and and green in the end is more emotion, the social factor. And I think uh, this is also what we drive towards the exam. Yeah, we it's a complete digital or widely complete digital um, survey or program we're doing. Yeah, nominations happen only in the in the system. Yeah, the the, the survey, the feedback, we all link it together with our CRM tool. So we have a lot of data. Which we leverage and and combine with the other company data we have, and um, and this is also I think something where we just embarked on the journey, but there will be there's more to come or more ideas what we can do. And on the other side, like the exam, it's about the emotional part. I mean, listening to um, to the one-on-one -on -one feedback we get by our customers. Yeah, we have a common rate which we are also very proud of of fifty percent. So Every second uh, survey participant leaves a comment, um, which is a direct feedback, and it's probably the best we we can get beyond the score. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is direct feedback. This is emotional. This is, I think, where you need to take people emotionally with you, and 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 then you still have the power of the data in combination. I think which makes this uh, a very powerful uh, combination. So you read every comment, right? We read every comment, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think that's worth mentioning because I, I and I really appreciate you calling it out because I think we sometimes forget that, you know, emotion is like a scary word, but in the comments is actually a lot of the times the the, the gold dust because that's that's the immediate hook that you can use for any conversation. Uh, right. so, so even if you find it scary to call an angry customer, you've got something to start the conversation. Um, right. Yeah. So yeah. We, we are extremely proud and appreciate, and this is our customers are directly telling us through yeah. this channel um, their feedback. Yeah. Uh, the score is one thing, ticks um, are one thing, but we get direct feedback and. This can be almost like half a letter long or so. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember some of yours and I remember that we were joking about, uh, you know, there was some requests from some other customers to to cap 
the um the the textbooks but but we we never wanted to do it because we felt like you know once somebody's on a roll let them finish there's nothing worse than suddenly then you run out of characters (laughs) but the the trick is and and this is a game where where i want to come back to the excellence of your program yeah because you're showing the customers every time whether it's a whether it's a tractor or a press of a promoter that you are listening so you're reinforcing that communication loop um again i want to come back to that i mean how do that's quite rare we don't see that with many other companies so how do your how do your customers react to that are they invested in it are they how do they work i think they are um i mean you see a lot of where we see um they already think in quarterly um sometimes yeah so we got better than the last time or last quarter so i think they are on board with it um and this is also where we strive. So we we have our benchmarks. We want to have a certain degree of our, I mean, we want to have a significant coverage of our business yeah. being onboarded. Yeah. Um, we think it's it's one of the basics you should do when you work on with the customer uh, to onboard them on this program. And we see as at the ones who are on it, we are uh, they are not only more loyal. We see this as also mentioned in our business numbers. Yeah, they are also indeed more loyal to us. Uh, even the ones who might not be so happy, uh, the ones who are on it, um, are yeah, nice. are quite successful. Yeah, and you saw you already said it earlier. Your score's been going up gradually over time, quite nicely. So I think it also, I th- it, it, even on the on the blue side you get the the proof from it right yeah. so that was the whole matching it so it's not just getting caught up in in a feedback that's maybe sometimes even anecdotal but it's marrying it up with the data that you can do over time which i think is also right and the feedback goes to the one who's who's immediately responsible or can take an action and that's a great thing now we in the past we created reports on on a customer level in a certain country, which again took maybe three months. And again, it was not such a bad process, but it was the best we had at the time, I guess. And uh, But now you have it immediately out there. It goes directly to the person. They can immediately take an action on it. Yeah, yeah it's federated yeah. out to the front, to, to really to the front of the business. Yeah, and, and we can see what happens because, yeah, we keep them on. So, yeah. Uh, um, obviously, as I said, we are reviewing our nominations, but if the customer is still there and wants, we keep them on. Yeah? So uh, so once you're in, you, you're very happy to stay in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you also sort of like, so apart from the follow-up, um, mm-hmm. just curiosity, do you send like um, uh, email type newsletters, like these are the things that we heard, these are the things that we've changed or that we're working on or? To our customers, um, not not in a large scale. No, no. We are. I think. I think it's a combination of both. I think we are. We are. We are proud of what we are achieving here. I think, as I said, we are striving for more. We still have this continuous improvement mind. Okay. So I think that I think our our first. I think our uh, paradigm is we do this for the customer and maybe secondly it comes to yeah let the world show how good we do that yeah? but in the end it, it, we are taking care about individual customers as such and then our customers 
are maybe a little bit diverse where we need to see how we tackle and, and get the answer to everybody of, of them. Yeah. So it's more about individual solutions, but not necessarily one where we could say, this is now what you've done. You told us we did. Yeah. Because it's, it's indeed difficult to apply certain things to a very heterogeneous business. Got you. Yeah. yeah I, I, yeah. I think you're very humble, Marcus. I love that about you. But I think this attention to detail is, it really, um, says a lot about your company. And I'm certain that the, 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 the your clients that work with you really also feel that as well. That they that, that you, you the fact that you're taking their voice seriously means that they're being taken seriously in other part of the business. I think it's a real part of the trust equation that you guys are building. And also probably very fitting for your model. So yeah. I, I guess that certain examples, like like you just said, don't apply to everybody. Um uh I, I was I was just curious about that. So it's kind of like, how did you model out your program? And you seem to know very well what works, what you want to do at the moment, what is important, what, and what fits the DHL culture, the DHL supply chain culture. One thing, when you talk about process, I think this is something which comes very natural to us. And that's probably indeed, um, when it comes to DHL supply chain, yeah, we we we, uh, we like processes and and. Uh, think you want to be good at it so indeed when i've been at your conference and you said you such you have such a great process i was like yeah but how do you do it without a process <laughs> kind of, yeah. what's the what's the special thing about it but um i think I, I i i slowly get it um and um how we build it out it is uh, um, I think we, yeah, we, we, we work it out together with our regional counterparts. So it's indeed the same what we do kind of with our customers, we, we do internally. So I perceive, especially my team as, as the, as the, as a service or as, as a provider to our regions, to our country managers, yeah, to listen to their customers. And this is how we position it. Yeah. So when we evolve our program, it's about doing it so that they can serve best for their customers with keeping obviously the customer in mind or even the customer on top. So yeah. so we want to do obviously to get unbiased feedback from the customer, but we want to allow and put our regions, countries, managers in a position to as easy digest this information. And that's where we do a lot of communication when we onboard new coordinators, um, people, new follow-up owners, we have calls with hundreds of people who we uh, drive through the process, as, as, as we call it. Yeah, what's important when you nominate, when, what's important when you follow up. We have central areas uh, where we share all the information, kind of guidelines, how do you follow up, these kind of things. Um, we have e-learning trainings, how to use the tools. Um, so there are, there are many things and they all evolved over time. And, and, and what has been maybe a WebEx in the past is now in e-learning and what wasn't important in the past is now more important. And then we try to listen as well and, and uh, evolve. Did you also, because um, that whole internal piece of bringing everyone on board and educating everybody and getting everybody to a certain standard so that they mm -hmm. can 
understand what's expected of them. Do you also benchmark? Because you, you mentioned benchmarking in terms of the actual scores and the results that you mm-hmm. drive. But do you internally share data, like somebody doing really well or uh, parts of the business doing really well? Is that is, is that something that you use? We exchange. We have something we call best practice calls. So we uh, we are a strong believer that a lot of innovations not necessarily only comes from the central team or any central team, but also comes a lot from the people actually working on that. So we use these best practice calls where our managers, I mean, the people involved in customer gates share their examples. And that can be from ranging from an account manager who, who uses the f- feedback in their business review with the customer towards a country which has a certain report built up and, you know, using CXM or as as, as it's part of a strategic workshop internally. So we share these. Um, and we we have a recognition program, especially in the beginning, um, where we also have an internal award who's doing the best follow-up or the the, uh, the, the the closest loop. But I think the more we mature, it's still going on and we still appreciate it. I think it was maybe something in the beginning, but now it's so much business as usual that it's still going on, but I think it doesn't have the same prominence because we know it's what we want to do. So you've really embedded it into your business process and therefore awards and all the ceremonial things are, are, are have, have become less necessary? Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Yeah, we still do, but I think it's, and, and, and we are up for it, don't get me wrong, but I think it doesn't have the same prominence anymore as when we started it. I like yeah. that because so so but would you recommend doing it to anybody starting a program now would you say it is quite a good way to get buy-in because you said your one top tip was get everybody involved right it's like make sure it's not just one team uh, but it's it's everybody in the business uh, yeah. would you recommend doing something like an award ceremony or definitely but Definitely, and and I said, but because I think it needs to be relatable, yeah. yeah? Um, because in the end, our follow-up owners are the people in 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 the country working closely with the customer. Yeah. And while I'm part of the sales organization, most of our follow-up owners are not. And um, an appreciation from an executive manager in another function might be even be surprising. <laughs> it's great, but how do you relate to it? You know. Yeah. So I think the more you can make it even a local thing, yeah, where the country manager or the you know the, the country management appreciates the better, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what we've seen on exactly we, we we and this is probably also how we want to do it. Yeah. We we develop this concept together with the regions and kind of standardize it, and then every region still has their freedom how to apply it, but use the same award, so to say, the same same certificate. You know, Marcus, I'm really reflecting on the way that you've built this whole process with the customers, where you've gone with, with Agile. I'm really admiring it. And, and it really brings to mind to me um, the sort of Kaizen manufacturing process that was uh, pioneered by Toyota, um, which is about bringing you know, continual quality improvement into the business. Mm-hmm. To me, I think you're at the pioneering edge of customer management by putting this process and this... Uh, continual feedback loops inside and outside the company. Um, is, is that something that you're striving towards? And 
you know, is it is a deliberate movement towards that? Mm-hmm. I think Kaizen is, is definitely something we uh, internalize at DHL. We call it first choice. We do it for our operations. Um, and I think that's why quite naturally we, we apply very similar methods to what we do on a customer experience management. We do think actually that customer experience management is only one part of customer management. Yeah? So we do think it's important. There are other elements to it, yeah? um, like planning to all the customers, yeah? account ownership and also customer ownership. But it's definitely one one element um, we believe, which is which is an essential and also grew. And it, and when I call it basics, it is one of what we internally call basics towards our customers. Yeah. Yeah, I think having the metrics on that is is something that you should feel very, um, you know, as a company, you should feel very proud about. It's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm just curious, um, in all of this, uh, and in this year maybe specifically, what are you most proud of uh, when you look back at your program to today? Um, that's probably many things, but indeed I think I'm most proud of that we, especially in the special times, uh, we could be so close to the voice of our customers. So through our quarterly survey, it really enabled us to get direct feedback you know when the pandemic started last year we got feedback in and most of the feedback was amazing how we treated the digital supply chain health and safety helped them to keep the business up and i think this is where i'm extremely proud of being part of the company who achieved that i'm most proud i think from our side as a company camilla that we were able to give marcus the award yeah for best in class (laughs) Can experience again, you know, the phenomenally high response rate, uh, awesome close the loop rate. This is something you should really be uh, proud of, and probably goes with the DHL slogan together, unstoppable. Really, yeah, great to work with you, Marcus, and and uh, and the team, yeah, Yeah. really awesomely impressed by you. And thanks for coming by today and uh, sharing the the secrets with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Wow, that was a great, great session. Um, what were your key takeaways from this? Well, I, I I love the way that Marcus is very humble about what what he's built um, yeah. there uh, or the company is. For me, it's this whole process about embedding customer feedback into uh, the, the the whole account management process. That's not to be taken lightly. That is so hard for businesses to do and. I think that is really overlooked and, and, and very impressive yeah. in the business. Yeah, he was trying to sort of like go, what's the big deal about <laughs> that? Yeah. Um, I think what I also really liked was that they've made Net Promoter just part of their financial monitoring yes. and the performance mon- monitoring of their company. Yeah. And and if you go back to when we started, that was actually a whole idea that we had with Net Promoter. It was this whole way that you could manage performance and monitor performance beyond just a nice soft uh, score. Yeah. Yeah. And so they've really done that. They've, they've made it part of their hard metrics that they monitor. And I like that. What did you think of his top three tips? They were golden. Yeah. It was like, get everybody involved. Yeah. And, 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 and then it's like, make it 
kind of like a cadence. So I do it very regularly and, and predictably. And then it was that whole continuous improvement, small and big. So don't just focus on one thing, but just make it part of your improvement process. Yeah, I think those are gold. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, delivered in, in, in such a such a calm way. And, Matter uh, of fact, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I also, I took away a couple of other things, which, which for me, I wrote down, the way that they 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 started small uh, and they just moved in an agile way. I mean, they went from doing it every two years to four times a year, yeah. which is amazing. Uh, they also that they were bringing in the best practice from around the place, so it wasn't necessarily driven yeah. from the centre. It's like who's got the best idea, and yet it's driven from the top. So it, these things are, as you say, really taken seriously by the CEO, and at any time somebody from the top might call a customer. So really uh, an incredible program to, to learn from for Nevermark. I'm also really excited to see where they're going to go because the, the, these, these folks are really out, out there. You know, they won the award. Well, 100% closing the loop. Yeah, in, that in, is, in, in 48 hours. That's, that's astonishing. Detractors 48 yeah. hours, everybody else seven days. Yeah. I think that is just, that is world-class. Yeah, it really is. That's really impressive. Yeah. Well, um, really excited to do that. Thanks for joining me today, Camilla and, and Dana. We've got Happy loads more guests coming up on the Account Experience podcast, but really that was a real corker of one today. Yeah. Well, was it again the award was called that he won? The Legend Award? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it definitely well, is. It was a legend podcast. Thank you. <laughs>